Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL Podcast. I'm Gary Grambling. And I'm Connor Orr. Connor Orr playing hurt, by the way. Oof. It's that time of year. Everyone's playing hurt. COVID protocol. I've been down in this basement for a week now. No one will let me out. That's why people don't know, but usually we record the show at the same place. You actually sit in my lap for uh, most of the show. Uh, (laughs) But no, we are are in separate places now. I'll take, by the way, we have have great uh, uh, listeners. And the feedback, I have to say recently, has been really, really good. I got a taxpayer note on Taylor Heineke today, Mm -hmm. uh, which, which warmed my heart. So if anybody has any good... Kind of COVID bounce back uh, remedies. Let me know. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm vaccinated, but and I'm like, I'm not. I don't need you to sell me on like ivermectin or anything. But um, <laughs> if anybody's like, yeah, you know, like uh, I don't know, the ginger chamomile tea makes me feel better. I'll take that. That's kind of what okay. I'm looking. That's that's my wheelhouse. That's what not I'm looking. not looking for. Uh, I got a podcast from a guy who used to be on news radio. <laughs> All right. I, uh, I'm not trying to get immunized. No. <laughs> let's uh, let's dive into this thing. We are starting with probably the least watchable game of the season, and we're going to start with the on-the-field stuff and then touch on some of the coverage of Deshaun Watson's return to the NFL regular season, uh, Browns at Texans. Like I said, we'll start with the on-the-field. Uh, this was every bit as shaky as... I guess we feared, uh, you you could say feared, feared seems like an overstatement because it's, you know, it's going to be a process to kind of get him 
back up to speed here, but uh, this was a quarterback who was dreadfully inaccurate. Uh, he looked frantic. I thought the the play that really summed this up was that RPO where he yes. just sort of spiked it in the ground in front of uh, uh, in front of Mari Cooper. There was no smoothness to that. That just looked. If you ask me to run an RPO in an NFL game, that's the kind of like frantic, panicked action you would get, and the throw would probably get about a third of the way that that throw got. Yeah, I was I was actually just going to mention that that was a good uh, that was a good call. Game plot game plan wise, this is what we expected them to do. It was a lot of run heavy stuff. It was a lot of Watson under center, and then I think throughout the game, you saw them trying to broaden it just a little bit, give him a little bit more latitude, and you can tell, right? Because sometimes the announcers will say things. And clearly, that's it's stuff that's been bouncing around the facility. And we'll get to what they said about Watson, the person, in a minute. But one of the things that they said was, well, when this offense gets up to speed, the RPO is going to be a big part of that. Well, that's not good if this is what an RPO looks like now. And it's also not good because your best wide receiver is Amari Cooper. You know, I think a lot of the teams in your division could play pretty capable man coverage and kind of shut down RPOs. It'll be pretty good physically there. Um but who knows? I mean, I, I'm sure the touch on the ball will come back. I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of things will come back. My thought is that Deshaun will have to be far more reliant on his legs upon his return than he was prior to. And that's just that's not a reflection of anything other than a lot of mobile quarterbacks are now way more reliant on their legs than they were before in order to break kind of the cover two man uh, the mystique of that. So I, yeah. I do think he ran into a lot of that today where some of the stuff that he used to be able to do is just not there anymore. And and that's scary for a quarterback for the first time you see it. Yeah, it, you know, it's not a red flag type of performance, but uh, it is kind of a reminder that this is, uh, if he is ever going to be uh, the Deshaun Watson of old on the field, uh, it's going to take longer than one game to figure that out the uh the interception you had was that was a that was a single high look um i i think obviously he uh he did not process very well on the play he also had a rusher in his face he thought that window was going to be there and uh you know it was probably partially a matter of uh getting hit in the face mask as you are uh letting that ball go and that's when Jalen Petrie the 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 young uh, rookie safety kind of pivoted uh fell off the guy he was following and had the easy interception in the red zone uh, again i you know the processing stuff wasn't great the physical stuff uh wasn't great and uh it just it wasn't very good he seemed to me to be a bit uh reluctant to run the football I don't know if that was just me or not. And this could be me forgetting a little bit of where he was a couple of years ago, but I do remember a couple of years ago him running almost to a fault or Bill O'Brien running him almost to a fault where, you know, there were times when I I remember the conversation in Houston locally being, Oh my gosh, this guy can't take any more hits. And then Bill O'Brien's like, yeah, baby, end around who care, you know, QB boot. But, uh, Today, it seemed like there was a little bit more of a hesitancy and also just and again, this can all be this is all conditioning. This is all stuff that's going to work itself out in time, but just not like a not like a game breaking 
speed that I remember too. Like yeah. there, there's especially in the pocket, there seemed to you lack that swiftness. But again, this is all very easy. You know, if I hadn't done something in 700 days, I'd look pretty rusty too. Yes, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, jelly legs is maybe the term that uh, yeah. would would come into play in a scenario like this. But uh, yeah, that's that's the way it went here. Uh, the Browns win this game based on. Uh, defense and special teams. They did not score an offensive touchdown. Uh, if you are scoring at home, the <laughs> I, I again, Kyle Allen. I bet he's a really nice guy. He's got a nice comeback story coming off that injury and all that. I don't know how else to say it. You are you are just not serious as a professional football outfit if you are putting him out on the field as your starting quarterback. Uh, professional football is not your passion. I think is how I would phrase it. Uh, it's and I'm not a guy who is like, oh, well, you got to see what you have in Davis Mills. I think you have a pretty idea, what, pretty good idea of what you have in Davis Mills. And uh, assuming you have the number one overall pick and you're going to take Bryce Young, you don't really need to know what you have in Davis Mills. But I just cannot imagine a scenario where any human being right now could make the argument that Kyle Allen is. Is anywhere near Davis Mills uh, as far as his ability to play quarterback? Yeah, it was uh, it was distracting. I mean, this game was horrible for for multiple reasons, but just to watch this thing unfold, sort of an insult. And it's so funny you watch that, and I saw Judy Batista from NFL Network tweeted the same thing. You watch that game, and then you kind of write about Deshaun, and then you come to. Uh, uh, like midway through the second quarter, you know, about halftime of like, uh, you know, 49ers, Dolphins, yeah. Chiefs, Bengals. And you're just like, wait a minute. This is this is a different sport. <laughs> what did I just do for three hours? <laughs> it, was, it was something else. I, I really got to make some changes. Uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of how, man, Jacoby Brissett must have been so, uh, God, just so heartbroken how insulted were you when they trotted him out there for just a third and fourth and one handoff or third and one handoff by a wide margin the best quarterback on the field today was uh (laughs) just just, uh just the way it was um so let's uh let's talk about the uh you know the presentation of this uh i'll speak about it broadly and you can sort of delve into more details here uh this game was presented, and, and I do want to get in the habit of uh, a lot of people will say, like, ooh, you know, insider reporter. and Like, no, these are – they're all presenters. They are presenting an NFL-approved, uh, team-approved, uh, you know, game to you. Uh, these, these are not journalists. These are not reporters. These are presenters. Uh, what they had for this game, uh, the NFL – basically went forward as if no one in the world would ever watch this game, which maybe was advice we should have taken. Uh, it was, you know, a bottom-rung team for CBS. We, we love Spiridatis. This was not a great day for him. This was not <laughs> this was not a team that was really uh, capable of covering this game in the way it should have been covered. Uh, it was Spiridatis uh, and Jay Feely in the booth. It was uh, Aditi Kinkabala on the sideline. I guess I was a little bit surprised that Aditi was down there because uh, whether it was her choice or not, they did have her do that really awkward, uh, just ridiculous interview before the preseason game with Sean Watson, which I would have thought you just not want to have her in the return game. But the NFL didn't really seem to care. You had Land Clark's crew as the officiating crew. They tend to get the games that the NFL assumes no one will watch. And I think a lot of people 
kind of figure out why they're they're not great with game administration, uh, and that's the way it was. Yeah, I I just um, I I think I had a lot of trouble with the wording of things. Um, Spiro again, I mean, I think you and I both think he's really good at this, and you're right. I mean, it's a it's a presentation thing, but. To, to say things like Deshaun Watson's long road back to the NFL or Jimmy Haslam made a big gamble on signing Watson, why? Why is that a big gamble? Why is it a long road back? It takes you an extra three seconds to say, and you know we have uniform language now um, that we use. Um, I don't know. Time me, Gary. More than two dozen lawsuits detailing graphic accounts of sexual harassment and sexual assault. I don't know how long that took, but you can squeeze that in. You know, Jimmy Haslam made a big gamble because he signed someone who had been sued by more than two dozen people for, you know, lawsuits containing graphic allegations of sexual misconduct and assault. There you go. Like, that's why it's a big gamble. Not like, you know, it's not Alex Smith. You're not signing him after a broken leg. This is uh, this is a different thing, but by using that language, you're bundling everything in together, and it's uh, it's just a weird thing. Like, and long road back. Listen, I am sure that there is some there is some difficult stuff going on in in counseling that Deshaun is is going through right now. You know, I I respect his decision not to say anything about it. I would guess that a lot of counselors would probably recommend you not going out and doing media interviews if you're learning about kind of the dark parts of yourself at that point in in your life. But, you know, there has to be more of a why or a what or uh, something in this broadcast. We can't can't cloak this stuff in platitudes yet. Uh, You know, this is his first game back. Like, you know... I, you know, I know from a PR perspective, maybe the Browns are like, oh, we just got to take our medicine, get through this game. One or two games will be tough. This isn't tough. You know, this isn't tough. I'm sorry. This was a this was a moderate to pro Deshaun broadcast, if I had to say so. I mean, this was if you if you were an alien from outer space and you came back and you turned this game on in the second quarter and started watching it, you'd think it was a guy who tore his rotator cuff yeah. and recovered off-season You'd by be surgery. like, oh, what happened to that poor guy? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, uh, first of all, I timed you at 4-6 in uh, getting out the explanation there. Uh, so, so Did a you pro, really? A pro could probably do it in like 4-3. Wow. Um, I never so, did yeah. anything in 4-6. <laughs> so, so, so pretty good. Uh, our, our good friend, uh, Jenny Vratchett from the New York Times, was the lone person who asked a non-football question uh, in Deshaun Watson's podium session after the game. Uh, he again uh, went back to the language that he'd used earlier last week uh, that his, uh, his counselor and his legal team had advised him to not, uh, to not speak publicly about uh, again, the the uh, I believe the number is 29 women who have publicly shared, um, you know, accounts of, of sexual harassment and sexual assault. The uh, the issue is going to be and, and there are two things. Uh, number one, you're very astute to point out this is the first time back. We are not going to have a thing. And I'm not sure we should have a thing where uh, in his 73rd game back, we are still, you know, sort of recounting this on every throw right. he makes. So, uh, you know, you, you kind of 
it, it, it will kind of uh, diffuse, dilute, uh, go into the background as, as time passes, as, as it did with Ben Roethlisberger, as it did with uh, Antonio Brown, as it did with a lot of other folks. Uh, but again, I know a lot of people will say like, oh, why are we still, I'm done with this, why are we still talking about it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, there was a very real and very important chilling effect uh, he had when he came out in August and said, these people are lying. His legal team has publicly said uh, these people are all lying. Uh, Deshaun's phrasing was, uh, he hasn't done anything wrong, he hasn't disrespected anyone, etc. Uh, from a micro level, it very much affects the women who have come forward about him because now they have, and you've seen them on social media, the, the people who are, are you know throwing out their uh, gold digger conspiracy theories, they're all, you know, some of them are going directly at these women. That is a very bad way to, uh, uh, <laughs> to basically have to live your life with these people constantly harassing you. Uh, and the other thing is, it yes, like uh, at larger scale, uh, women who might want to come forward, or, or men who want to might want to come forward and uh, and you know raise this issue with uh, someone else. You know they're seeing the way this plays out, and you know you kind of think like I don't know, no thanks. Do I really want to do this? Do I really want to deal with this? Uh, so that's why it's important at some point he does publicly acknowledge what he's done, and uh, you know we're not at that step yet. And if you know. It, professional counselor tells him he's not at that step i guess we just we just wait i mean so so i have i have talked to people in the mental health space about um you know if you're a public person you know where do you and this is this had nothing to do with Deshaun. this was you know something i was working on for something else but you know where do you draw the line between you're going through your own process right and and, 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 you know, more, you know, I, I was more at the time thinking of, you know, athletes like Michael Phelps, you know, who had been kind of out about seeing a counselor for, for separate reasons, obviously. But, you know, where do you draw the line between, you know, them needing to get better for themselves and figure out what's going on with themselves and then immediately kind of burdening the responsibility of this recovery? And, you know, it's a tricky process, right? There's a lot of landmines. So I do, there's part of me that, that buys the idea that like, okay. I shouldn't be talking about this right now because it's only been, you know, if you were to say it's only been 13 weeks, I'm learning a lot about what's going on with me. You know, I, I'm not ready to have that conversation yet. Um, but my counselor in the NFL are talking. They think I'm in a good space to do this. You know, does it make me feel great about the situation? No, but I can get it. You know, I, I, I can kind of almost get there. But I mean, I don't know. Like at some point, my guess is he's going to, in a one-on-one -on -one setting with a reporter he's comfortable with, eventually come in with something that's a little more rehearsed and that he's never really going to talk about it publicly with people who are going to ask legitimate questions about it. I think that's very true. And right now I'm going to make a, a very sharp pivot. Uh, in honor of CBS's coverage, I do want to introduce our Simpsons clip of the day. Dave Shutton, Springfield Daily Shopper. Who are you? Where are you going? No, do your research, Shutton. <laughs> oh, I love Shutton. It was a very Shutton performance from the CBS team, and that's just the way it went. Uh, that is, of course, Waylon Smithers after he had turned himself in uh, for the shooting of C. Montgomery Burns.
serious stuff. <laughs> we've got we've got we've got lots of silly football stuff coming up here. I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, <laughs> hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Chiefs, Bengals. All right, so here we got the Chiefs. They're just kind of owned by the Bengals at this point. Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals are for real. I'm glad that today kind of reestablished that. Uh, And we had another really just spectacular performance from uh, from Joe Burrow. Do you want to hear some good football stats, Gary? Yes, always. Um, Not good football stats. These are not good football stats. They're interesting football stats. (laughs) (laughs) That's 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 much different. Yeah. Do Do you you want want something good? Okay, here's something not good. Would you like ice cream, Gary? Um, <laughs> here's a squash. Um, Joe Burrow is the first quarterback to defeat a team quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes in three straight head-to-head matchups. Mm-hmm. There is only two quarterbacks who have defeated a team quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes three or more times. The other is pa- is Tom Brady. And wow. Joe Burrow is the only QB to face Mahomes multiple times and be undefeated 
in a head-to-head matchup, including the playoffs. So, pretty wild, right? Yeah, yeah. And look, this was this was a fun uh, quarterback duel here. I, I think both guys equipped themselves well. I think the Chiefs, as we've seen at times over the last couple of years, uh, you know, it, it was kind of an execution issue day for them. Uh, I do think they have some issues against this Bengals defense. I think what Lou Anarumo is is doing, what the pass rush is doing. And uh, what they're doing, dropping so many bodies into coverage, is obviously affecting them. But uh, you just, yeah, you, you had some drops. You had some uh, sort of misplays that probably should be there for, for Kansas City, but they weren't there. Yeah, I, I think my new favorite my new favorite player is Samaje Pirine, by the way. Uh, this was a very Samaje Pirine game, even though there's a lot of spectacular things we have to get to. But... Good young quarterbacks who hit the check down. They move the ball. And when your check down guys, Samaje Pirine, you know, I was thinking about an apt comparison stylistically for him. He's a big back. I didn't yes. realize how large he was and the fact that he has really good hands for his size. Um, but I was thinking about, um, you know, what kind of what's like a stylistic comparison for him. And I, I don't know. I mean, you know, at first it was like, okay. It's like a Marshawn Lynchian style, but I was like, no, I mean, not every yeah. running back who breaks tackles is Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch didn't invent broken tackles. This is a more like he he's not flailing as much. Like Correct. it's not like it's it's not as much of like a punching bout thing, but it's just such a grind to tackle that guy. And I just looked it up. He's he's five eleven, two hundred and forty pounds. I would have thought he was Brandon Jacobs size. Just the way that he plays, he's just yeah. so he's got such a commanding presence in there. He, He's a bowling ball type of build. Uh, he is, and you're totally right. I mean, Marshawn Lynch's Colin Carp is kind of the thrashing, violent, uh, yeah. you know, just uh, that. that's a whole other thing. Whereas Samaje Pirine is kind of, you know, I, I think the size combined with the low center of gravity and, and the contact balance and all that stuff, he just, uh, he's he's a push the pile guy. And uh, you saw it today. He just, he just kind of, walked through some tackles he's he's kind of a one speed guy there's not like a i, I don't think anyone's mind is blown uh or i should say a, a less of a connoisseur uh their minds would not be blown by his running style but you know he's just one of those guys where it's like ah, oh, there's not a whole lot there oh he's six yards upfield okay that's cool yeah just you know stylistically you don't think about and when Joe Mixon's healthy, he'll be back next week. He missed this week. Uh, couldn't clear the concussion protocol. Well, theoretically, he'll be back next week. But a guy like, you know, these two guys, we talk about the success of the true two-back backfields that end up healthy together at the end of the season and what a boon that can be. Um, Green Bay was obviously our dream scenario, I think, for a team that, that had that. Mm-hmm. But... Cincinnati, I would not put them. I mean, P. Ryan is not a slouch, and he's a perfect third down back, and he's a good pass protector. And then you throw Joe Mixon in. That's that's a real part of this, you know. And yes, I mean, we're gonna. There's a lot to talk about in terms of the catches, in terms of what Joe Burrow did, but that that is a big part of this. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and look, Jamar Chase was back for this one. Uh, played a big role. Uh, it was kind of the Bengals in full here, and. Uh, yeah, yes, 27-24, but it was funny, like, this game was coming down the stretch in, in the fourth quarter, and I was like, man, 
Chiefs are, are just kind of like sticking around. They're like just hanging by a thread throughout this entire game. Like the Bengals are just the better team. Yeah. You know what else I learned today that I didn't know about like, I don't know, the outer reaches of the human body? Okay. Is this is this good or bad? I don't know if I want to hear it. No, it's good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna okie doke you like I did before about yeah. the good stat, bad stat thing. This is just an interesting observation. Not interesting, but well, I did it again. It's not interesting. <laughs> but Joe Burrow is way f- Joe Burrow is a lot more athletic than I gave him credit for too. There was a yeah. couple open field runs today where he was like he was chugging. He's look. It- I, I believe the the phrase I'm searching for is a uh, deceptively athletic. Oh. I, I, I don't I don't quite know why. Uh, but no, he's it. It's still it's the stuff behind the line of scrimmage, the way he navigates traffic behind the line of scrimmage that that sets him apart. And yeah, look, I, I feel like uh, you, you never <laughs> want to do like heavy reoption things with him or something like that. You just want to put him. You don't want to put him in harm's way, but. You know, he's in that, uh, probably a little bit less than uh, than Abracadaniel, Daniel Jones. But, yeah, he can he can pick up a chunk. You want to give him a chunk, he'll pick up a chunk. I'm sa- you know, what his, what his rushing performance reminded me of today was a couple of these games over the last few weeks where we saw Patrick Mahomes maybe log, okay, 60, 70 rushing yards, but it's the kind of rushing performance that puts defenses kind of back on their heels a little mm-hmm. bit. And I thought that was, you know, I mean, Joe Burrow rushed the ball 11 times for 50 yards today. And, you know, five yards a carry. That's that's tough. That's yeah. tough to defend, you know? Mm-hmm. Dolphins 49ers. By the way, Connor, your, your Joe Burrow stat, it was good. That was a good stat. Did you think you think so? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a deep dive, but you know, it was it was nice. It was for the the broader audience. Uh, you know, it wasn't like a, a sports info solutions type stat, which is also oh. good, but another kind of good. Mm. Sometimes I don't you just know. want, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you just want like a Reese's peanut butter cup or something like that. That's what that, that stat was. It's it's feeling like a. Uh, um, so I have a uh, I have a good candy hot take before we get going on this. Yeah. Um, so before before I got sick. Um, perhaps where I got sick. Um, I was uh, I was at a wedding, and they had a candy bar there. Okay. And uh, not, like, just one candy bar, a a car that wheeled up, like, a big limousine full of candy that just pulled up to the venue, and you got to fill your bag with whatever you wanted, um, candy-wise. And nice. so a couple of people came back, <clears throat> and they were like, yeah, you know, there's candy outside, whatever. I got a few Reese's. So I went over there and I took my time and I actually looked in some of the deeper recesses of uh, this person's selection. Mm-hmm. And I got uh, a couple boxes of candy cigarettes, Roundup candy cigarettes, Ooh. and uh, Blue Raspberry Big League Chew, which I don't know if any of you guys have ever played or gals out there have played Little League, but mm-hmm. that was as good as it got. If your parents bought you a can Gatorade and some Big League Chew, like that was, that was top of the pops. And when I walked back into the wedding, everyone was like, holy shit, they had candy cigarettes? And everybody ran back out to go <laughs> to go get them. And so I... Did, did Philip Morris put on this wedding? Like all, all the stepping stone candies for tobacco use later in life. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize that. Oh Man, yeah. As a former, uh, as a former uh, smoker and 
chewing tobacco user, I guess I'm somewhat susceptible <laughs> to the marketing, uh, Gary. That's, that's true. Why, that's why you love that so much. Damn. No, I, but I my the point was yeah. You have this. You have the candy for the masses, and you also have the candy for the true. Yes. You know, yep. For the true, I don't know what you'd call. <laughs> candy cigarettes were were amazing. Are candy amazing cigarettes are still, still really good. Yep. They hold up well. They look hilarious when you're just walking around in a suit, um, uh, indoors. <laughs> it's the whole thing is is really good. And Roundup Roundup is my brand. Got to be got to stay loyal to your nice. to your candy cigarettes. <laughs> Roll them up, put them in your sleeve like a 1950s greaser. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're <laughs> we're onto the Dolphins 49ers. Uh, we're actually onto the the sad injured quarterback part of the show uh and we'll start uh look we'll start with the winning team uh the 49ers uh lose jimmy garoppolo in this game as you wrote last week uh you know the headline of the piece was you know 2022 has become the year of jimmy g but that was kind of if you read the piece meant to uh (laughs) meant to say it's it's the year that the 49ers are so good and built so well for the current nfl that they can kind of win with anyone at quarterback. Yeah, and this was the perfect example. I wish, um, boy, boy, I wish people still read things, um, Gary, because I think <laughs> today would have been the day where they would have been, uh, where they would have said, Connor, you're absolutely right. Because so we have a lot of factors at play here. Um, this is a this is a too high man league, which mm-hmm. means you get a lot of space right in the intermediate part of uh, right in front of the quarterback. This is one of the worst. This is probably the worst tackling era of the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of the highest attrition rates. Uh, you know, guys are hurt more. Playing surfaces are terrible. So all these disaster scenarios where you almost never have your ideal starting defense on the field, which means, again, you have to stay more vanilla, which means, again, you have to stay in these coverages that present a lot of open space right in front of the quarterback. And then you have the 49ers who are like, you know what, we are just going to get every tackle breaker in the NFL, and we're just going to hand them the football. And they're going to turn six-yard gains into nine-yard gains, and it's going to drive people crazy. And that's how Jimmy Garoppolo was gaining all these yards this year and scoring all these touchdowns. And Brock Purdy came in today and said, yeah, I'll take it. Um, yeah. Just get, give me that check down. Give me George Kittle. I counted. I went back and I looked at one of the um, uh, Debo Samuel receptions. He he got this ball. I think it was a catch. It might have been a carry. I thought I think it was a catch though. He got this ball and then started running by the sideline, and he turned his body parallel to the sideline and like shuffled along the sideline at full speed and gained an extra five yards doing that. It's inc- it's crazy because with Debo and a lot of Debo and Ayuk especially and Christian McCaffrey, we should not just be counting broken tackles, but y- yardage that you're adding in situations where less athletic guys would have just fallen out of bounds. You know yes. what I mean? Like just like extra whatever that is, special yardage. It's, I don't know what you want to call. It's yak above replacement player. So it, it's like yes. yak vorp. Yeah. So someone's got to, someone at PFF's got to start working on that. That's yeah, come on, stat. guys. Get me some yak vorp. So yeah, Brock Purdy, at least for today, was was fine. The Dolphins threw a bunch of different stuff at him. There was uh, a period in the second quarter where they just, it was like zero blitz after zero blitz, and he handled that uh, 
well enough. Kyle Shanahan, you know, got a uh, got a quick screen out to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they they had answers here. I guess is the the takeaway. He did miss a couple throws. He had that one third down. It was sort of like a, a key third down to seal the game, where uh, they ran play action. Everyone chased McCaffrey, uh, and Purdy rolled out and he threw to Kittle for like the three yard gain. But he also had, I think it was Tyler Croft. With, I mean, he. Tyler Croft could have caught that ball. Uh, he was so wide open, he could have run back to the opposite end zone and then run another 100 yards to uh, <laughs> to score the touchdown. I think. I mean, we'd have to game that out. But uh, yeah, it was workable. And it's especially workable with what this defense is, which is which is very good. They essentially gave up one big play and one drive to the hottest offense in football. Uh and it's like it's 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 the linebacker play, man. Uh, yeah, it's the pass rush, but like it's the linebacker play, <laughs> and I think that really was especially problematic for the Dolphins. And uh, the people are going to put out theories on on why Tua Tagovailoa uh, struggled in this one. Uh, was he jittery, taking some hits? Uh, was it just an off day? I think a lot of it was they made him layer throws over the middle of the field instead of just getting to sort of hit those uh, sort of direct laser throw windows. Uh, and he struggled with it. And, he, you know, a lot of teams are going to struggle with it when you face Fred Warner, uh, yeah. especially, but also Drake Greenlaw, who just – they're long guys. They cover a lot of uh, ground in the middle of the field. And I think that's what it ended up being here for the Dolphins. Yeah, that the one Fred Warner. Uh, I, I you're talking about the tip too that he had. That was yeah, just supreme athleticism. He's so good, and um, I think that they can play that game. <clears throat> they can be an antidote to their own offense a little bit better than the Dolphins' defense can. And I'll be interested to go back and see the blitz stats. Did you get the feeling that they were kind of bringing some heat? And if not heat, like kind of more simulated pressure looks at Tua today. It felt like. I don't know, and I could be wrong. It could have been me just like a couple of plays stood out, but it seemed like to me that they were trying to speed him up a little bit too. I don't know if the blitz rate was higher than the 49ers usually have. It probably was slightly higher. I feel like it's it's more blitzing than the Dolphins have seen uh, yeah. for the most part this year because everyone's just playing, for obvious reasons, with Tyreek Hill out there. Everyone's just sort of playing terrified. Uh, Jalen Waddle also was was banged up. He played a little bit in this one, but not uh, not that many snaps, and he wasn't 100%. But uh, it's look, we talked on the midweek show about how will the 49ers handle motion? And the game literally started with uh, a complete overreaction to Tyreek Hill motion that leads to a, a Trent Sherfield, yeah. you know, basically a, a three-yard pass that is a 75-yard touchdown. And that's, you know, that's as bad as it could be. Other than that, look, you had a really well-called drive by Mike McDaniel that opened up the long Tyreek Hill touchdown uh, that I think was a little more sustainable if you're a if you're a Dolphins fan when you look at that, but mm, it was it was a really rocky day for the offense. You hope it's just one of those days against a really good defense, but uh, you know there was there was sort of a sense of what you saw from Tua Tagovailoa late the last two seasons where it's just it it's not good enough if especially with the defense kind of being middling. Uh, it's a great system. The receivers were open. He has to hit them. Like he just has to be better than this going forward. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, 
I think it's important to mention too some a good couple good plays by the Gink, um, player of the MMQB <laughs> podcast, Andrew Van yep. Um He was he was there today. He he showed up, but yeah, I I I, I agree with you. I thought. They kind of you saw a little bit of the borrowing of sort of the delayed motion coverage, which I think we were talking about with the Patriots earlier in the week, where and it didn't work. I think they had uh, they think they had Jimmy Ward on Tyreek Hill, and they were saying, okay, well maybe we're going to cover him, maybe we're not, and that doesn't really work unless you have a certain kind of quarter, uh, certain kind of defensive back, mm-hmm. where you kind of wait to declare that you're the guy that's covering him, and then you try to undercut the uh, undercut the route and intercept it, but. I saw them try that a couple times. It's all interesting. I think this is a really good chess match moment. I mean, it's a huge confidence builder for this 49ers defense, which, you know, especially before the half, some of the blitzes that they dialed up, and and Bosa was just unstoppable today, too. I mean, you know, and it's easier to win when you play games like that. Yeah. Broncos, Ravens. So the Ravens outlast the Broncos. They uh, they get a late touchdown. Tyler Huntley uh, run here to win 10-9. Uh, I don't know if I can bear to talk about this Russell Wilson offense any any more than we already have this year. But uh, the big news from this one, from the big picture standpoint, is Lamar Jackson going out with the injury. So we're back to Tyler Huntley as we were late last season. And uh, it's it, to me, it's going to be interesting to see how teams defend Tyler Huntley because I think there was something of a honeymoon phase. I, I do think he's a capable number two quarterback, <clears throat> but there was something of a honeymoon phase, and uh, it kind of dried up for him as the year went on. And I think if Lamar Jackson is going to miss time and Huntley is going to be the guy, I think there's probably a little more of a book on him. And, uh, you know, again, the Ravens are very good defensively. Maybe they can win some of these 10-9 type of games, but this if it's no Lamar, this is just not it's it's not a Super Bowl contender. It's curtains on this season, especially with how well the uh, the Bengals are playing, the Browns uh, getting back to Sean and still having a lot of uh, I think they still have the Ravens on their schedule. Um, yeah, I, you, you're just not going to be able to do that. Uh, their passing game isn't sophisticated enough to be able to run, like to scheme guys open. You know, so much of it depends on what Lamar is doing in order to draw them open, and you can't replicate that with somebody else. That's like, um, boy, I'm not going to try to say it again. Remember when I I tried to pronounce the guy who uh, is the lead in Hamilton, Lynn? (laughs) Now now I have a mental block on it. Lin-Manuel Miranda? Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's like when Lin-Manuel Miranda is out... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you're trying to uh, you're trying to run Hamilton. It's yeah. just uh, it's not Hamilton. Sorry. No. no. I know. Um, I know you're a big Hamilton guy, but <laughs> I've saw it live in Hartford. Um, it's 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 a, it's a it's a good show. It's a nice show. Uh, the other uh, sort of big picture takeaway here is uh, contract wise. Uh, you know, this is contract year for Lamar Jackson. Uh, were the Ravens right to be hesitant to? Sign him to the long-term deal uh, in fear of this kind of scenario with his playing style. I, you know, it's all kind of ridiculous, but it's also why it's important that he get his long-term deal because it's kind of unfair to ask him to run this offense that is just not, it's just not very good anymore. Uh, and it just depends on him making plays with his legs way too often. It's, um... I don't know what the right answer is, right? Because you're exactly right. You're asking someone to do something very specific 
and then refusing to pay him for it because the way that you're asking him to do it is too dangerous. You know what I mean? It's like um, it's like if your parents asked you to clean the house by licking your hands and rubbing the floor, and then you, you kept getting sick, and they were like, well, we don't like him because he's sick all the time. Um, it's because he's licking his hands and rubbing the floor, you know? Are my, are my parents kicking me out of the house for that? <laughs> Man. Um, but that's that's how it is. I, and I, I, I don't know if I've said this all along, so I can't say I've said this all along. I've thought this all along. That they were always going to make the Ravens were always going to make this negotiation drawn out and difficult, and I think this makes it way more drawn out and difficult than it needs to be. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Jets, Vikings. All right, Mike White, Chapter 2 in this one. This was a, boy, what a heartbreaker for the Jets here. Uh, They fall behind, and they get back into it, and this game came down to they just, they kicked way too many field goals. Uh, They kicked a lot of field goals and didn't score touchdowns, and they had a chance to score a go-ahead touchdown, uh, two plays from the one-yard line in the final two minutes, and they didn't score a touchdown. And that's the way it uh, ends up playing out. They, uh, gosh, I mean, they lose the turnover battle 2-0, uh, and they go uh, one touchdown and six red zone trips, while the Vikings go three for three in the red zone. That's that's how you lose to a team that you're, I'll, like I'll say, it, Jets, are, Jets are better than the Vikings. That's just, <laughs> that's oh. just the truth. It's oh. just the truth. Wow. See, this is why we need you to get back on the power rankings, Gary. Because ah. this is this that could facilitate your take, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But hey, um, Vikings but, Vikings get the win. They're ten and two. 
That's uh, that's what they go by. Yeah. Uh, so they had the little Kirk Cousins child there, and that was nice. And they the the they got the tipped interception, which is always. I mean, again, like you're saying, right? It's it's not indicative of preparedness or anything, but it's just it's one of these situations where it's like, okay, yeah, you you got a tip ball that kind of helped point you in the right direction. And sometimes these that's just how these games go. But I like what the Jets are doing, man. And I think it was midway through the first quarter, there was a um, like a, a crazy Corey Davis backfield motion thing where they were able to dump him off the ball and get him with a full head of steam moving forward. And I was like, man, this this team is fun. They've got a lot of playmakers, and Mike White is not perfect, but at this point, he's better than Russell Wilson. So, <laughs> you know, you have... <laughs> that was unfair, a, but it's also no, it's not unfair. I would just say it's a low bar this year. It, it is a low bar, but you know, just one of these guys that you could throw in and 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 everything kind of you know at least runs the way that it's supposed to run. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is a fun team, and I'll tell you what. The, any other year, going back to the end of the Rex Ryan era, if they get behind like this, they're packing it in, and I do think that there's something to be said about. This team does not quit, and boy, do I sound like a platitude machine right now. But they, <laughs> let me let me see if I can do three more. They never give up. Uh, when the going gets tough, the Jets get going. Um, but uh, it's true. I, the, this the, I think the character of this team has changed. I don't know if that's you know I as a cold spreadsheet kind of guy, Gary. I don't know if that's something you can appreciate. It, no, it, look, my spreadsheet appreciates them. It had them, uh, let, let me tell you exactly where it had them coming into this week. In uh, again, this is the luck-adjusted point differential uh, spreadsheet, which, you know, it, it mitigates all the sort of small sample size but incredibly impactful plays, fourth and short conversion rate, uh, red zone success, uh, stuff like that, and they're going to, they're probably going to move up after only losing by five in a game where you go, uh, you know, basically have so many struggles. They were 10th coming into this game on the uh, on the spreadsheet. Vikings were 16th, by the way. Okay. All right. So? Um, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you have. It was a good Dalvin Cook game. He was good today. Yeah, Dalvin I mean. Cook had some great moments. He is. He's a, he's a good player. He runs well. Commanders, Giants. All right, we'll say in uh, New York, not that the Jets played in New York. That would have been weird if they had both teams sort of, like, cut the field in half and play on, like, a 60-yard field. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Sweep, sweep. They do Week that 18. sometimes. Uh, not to cut you off, Gary. I'm just very excited about this. They do that yeah. sometimes. Um, uh, <laughs> Where? Where? Not, not, not in the NFL, but at MetLife Stadium at halftime. Okay. They have, like, the peewee um, – like the twenty-minute peewee games, yeah. where they let the kids play the exhibition, and they do each of them from the twenty into the end zone, and okay. it's it's cute. There's like a bunch of little kids in a giant field, and and they can't they can't run that far. It's it's it's, I, it's very enjoyable. Okay, all right, some something to think about if there's ever a year where the Giants and Jets both have very small people on their team. Uh, maybe you can pull it off that way, but uh, no yeah, <laughs> the Jets were on Minnesota. The Giants were home in East Rutherford. Uh, this game, look, it was a, probably a fitting ending for this to uh, to be a tie. The taxpayer Taylor Heineke uh, makes a couple of plays uh, late, gets the gets the touchdown here. Nice, uh, nice catch and run by uh, Jahan Dotson to tie this one up. If you're the Giants, this is infuriating because. Uh, 
they were up by a touchdown in the fourth quarter, there were two or three drives where they could have just salted the game away. They they just needed to uh, hang out on the ball for a little bit and uh, maybe kick a field goal, and that would have been it, and they just couldn't get it. Yeah, I... Um... I was a, I was surprised at um, especially on the the game tying touchdown drive for the Commanders how and again I mean yeah you have a cornerback that you just called up from the practice squad mm-hmm. and so it's not um, and on Curtis Samuel so it's not like you can win the the Paul Brown award here for uh, innovation you kind of pick on the worst guy in the field at that moment in time but there were big vacant spaces in that Giants defense I'm talking about ten to fifteen yards downfield on outbreaking routes toward the sideline and it wasn't just that uh, the one cornerback in in particular and I was surprised that you know that's what you're kind of given the commanders now I don't know what your book on Heineke you know Taylor Taylor Heineke pays his taxes maybe he doesn't throw (laughs) deep outs that well I know it's a challenging throw in the NFL canon like not a lot of guys do that particularly well Um, but I was surprised that that was the real estate you were handing off, and I think that ultimately helped them tie this game and then, uh, you know, force force the tie. It was just it, I, I got kind of a kick out of the call, uh, or it, it was more like the the summation of the replay on the Dotson touchdown that uh, tied this game and forced the overtime. Because I'm not even this is just bad podcasting because I'm not even sure who it was, but it was identified by the commentators like, well, they got the backup in there, and it's like. That entire like cornerback and core is is backups, <laughs> right? Like it yeah. was. Remember when they beat the Packers in London, and uh, someone got hurt. Nick McLeod had to go into the game, and I was like, "Oh my goodness! Like who is Nick McLeod?" And <laughs> he made he made a play. You know, he kind of struggled, or, but he made a play, and it was like a nice thing. And he's out there. He's in every snap player now. He made a couple of nice plays. Uh, they're mixing up coverages. Wink <laughs> Martindale's doing a nice job, but. It is all like these are your you know your your core special teamers are now your starting cornerbacks now and uh, it's kind of working. It is working, um, and I think everything is. Uh, I, I think everything's sort of coming into place for them. Today was a good Kayvon Thibodeau day. I thought he played pretty well. They're doing some really fun stuff with him too at the line. Uh, and and kind of dropping him sometimes too, which I think looks kind of neat and and confusing for corners, but mm-hmm. or quarterbacks. But um, I mean, you're right, Gary. I mean, this is a. I mean, Dollar General isn't even fair to say that because Dollar General's getting a little upscale. Um, <laughs> we we have a bucking up. Do you know what that is? <laughs> no, it it's sounds, like it sounds like something you say in in place of profanity. Yeah, um, it's like a sub-dollar general from, from what I gather, but it's a buck in up. Bucking up. Okay. What does it do? Um, what is it? It's just like dollar general, but sort of like cheaper. Oh, it's a store. I thought you were talking store. about a product that you get at dollar general. No, no, no. No, no. Oh. It's like I, I was saying, it's not fair to call this Giants secondary dollar general because I do feel like dollar general is sort of you know, they're classing it up a little bit. I, I got general. you now. I was really yeah. lost throughout that uh, metaphor, but I'm uh, yeah. I think I'm it's the uh, I think it's the acetaminophen. It's really kicking in at this point. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm rolling. One more point on this game, Gary, and yep. I'll, uh, I'll I'll take it home 
in a in a silly way. I'm very glad that um, commentators don't say uh, after tie games anymore. Remember when everyone always said it's like kissing your sister? Yeah. They I didn't hear anybody say that today, and it made me very happy. Well, good. Because that's weird, a, that's a weird thing to say. It is. Yeah. Very weird. Titans Eagles. So it took us a while to get here, but this game was just so lopsided. Uh, this was, I thought, the Eagles' most impressive performance of the season. Uh, they did it against a Titans team that I thought might give them some issues. Uh, and what you saw in this game was, what blew it open was a couple of plays where A.J. Brown, uh, former Titan, of course, uh, just physically overpowered a defensive back. Uh, the one, the the long touchdown, uh, he just steamrolled Christian Fulton, who uh, I, probably not offensive pass interference. Uh, Fulton was beat on a double move and kind of caught in the wrong place, and A.J. Brown just, just ran through him. And then, uh, and then you had that uh, play where Brown is basically getting hugged in the end zone, and he just makes a contested catch. And, you know, it was just playmakers, just better players making making plays in this game. So, Gary, I agree with you. I, I, I think having this slate of playmakers, just it, it's such a built-in advantage, especially for Jalen Hurts. But I will offer this, too. Um, I think it was on uh, Hurts' rushing touchdown on the end around. Miles Sanders just blew a guy up. And I think he had Amani Hooker coming off the edge, and which is a critical block. I mean, that's the block on the play right there. And my point is... I do think as deep as they are from a playmaking standpoint, I think that they're doing the little things incredibly well on a very consistent basis. And sometimes that makes some of the other stuff look more um, easy. Does that make, yeah. is, that, is that a bad take? No, I don't think so. I think that's a perfectly fine take. Is it pedantic? Is it a little pedantic? No, we're usually no. pedantic, but no, okay. I think it was all right. Right. Uh, Titans, look, this one got away from them. We saw one get away from them in uh, in Buffalo earlier this season. Uh, they also lost Traylon Burks in this game. To I'm guessing what is a uh, concussion or a you know possible head injury, uh, and that he's been emerging. I don't know. He he was probably a, a big part of their game plan, and they just couldn't get on track after that. And it just doesn't help when. Uh, you give up a lot of long touchdowns as well. It always blows my mind when an NFL player and, you know, coaches will say this too. I mean, there are guys that are just humongous parts of their game plan. And how could you ever as an offensive coordinator walk into a game, uh, you know, and okay, unless it's Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, right? The quarterback. How could you ever go into a game just being like, oh yeah, that the if this guy goes down, we're screwed. Like the, the injury rate in the NFL is 100%, you know? But mm-hmm. you're right. It did really seem to cause a giant hiccup. And it's tough, too, because I think we've talked about this for the last few weeks, really. Traylon Burks has really come around. And mm-hmm. he had a rough go at the beginning. Um, this was a rocky start with with the Titans, obviously. And, you know, for a guy that was supposed to be plugged in as that one-for-one A.J. Brown replacement, just kind of didn't work out. But um, yeah, I thought he was really kind of building back to a, to a good season here. It was, and I don't want to make light of the injury because it was a really scary injury, but uh, it was also kind of uh, incredible that he held on to the touchdown pass yeah. on which he was concussed, where, yeah. I mean, it was it was scary. I, you couldn't tell on the broadcast if, if he had consciousness or not, but uh, he was still holding on to the football, which, I you know, it was just a, it was just a thing. 
Colts, Cowboys. Look at this, Connor. Sunday night football. Barely, and I mean barely avoiding the lightning-ish round. This is the latest Oof. we've ever had in the show. Man. And, not coincidentally, after our huge midweek episode on Jeff Saturday, not wearing a hat, pops on a hat, loses all composure on the sideline. Uh, you know, I'm not... I'm not saying one's connected to another, Gary, but I'm not saying it's not. If I'm a Colts player, I'm reassured by that hair that one day when my playing days are over and, uh, you know, I'm I'm sort of getting up there a little bit, just a little bit in years that, uh, you know, I might have hair like that. Just saying. People from Selsun Blue are going to be upset. (laughs) He should should just worn a a Selsun Blue cap. Uh, get get the ball rolling when he for when he signs a 15 year contract to be their head coach. I know. Oh man, this game was uh, interesting for like a quarter and a half. And I don't know about you, but it, you know, Collinsworth is sort of like, I don't know if the Cowboys are ready for this. I think the Colts didn't like being an 11 point underdog. And I was thinking like, you know, this is the worst the Cowboys have played uh, with Dak Prescott in the lineup since that opening loss to the Bucks. And they're still up eight points. And then, obviously, by the time the game was over, it was it was much more than eight points. But uh, I'm not sure there's a ton to take away from this game other than the Colts still, you know, Matt Ryan, just the arm talent isn't there anymore. Uh, the run game is not dominant. They just don't have answers offensively. And the Cowboys are really good. This was probably the game that ends the the Saturday pipe dream in my mind, right? Because, you know, you beat the Raiders. It was a team kind of in turmoil at that point. And then you hang close the next two weeks against the Eagles and the Steelers to the point where you're like, okay, he's matching wits with good coaches. And then you just get completely blown out by the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that, you know, blowouts happen in the NFL. I wonder if there is anything that you can do as a head coach, right? Like Bill Belichick got smashed in the playoffs last year. People get demolished in games. Is there anything that Frank Reich could have done, would have done in that situation? Because we've been asking ourselves the inverse of that for a long time. Could Frank Reich have gone one in three during this stretch? Hell yeah, you bet your ass he could have. But could Jeff Saturday, you know, could Frank Reich have also not been blown out by the Cowboys? I don't know. Um, either way, if you're Jim Mercy, you got to be saying, okay, um, probably not worth taking my lumps for this. And in order to bring Jeff Saturday on, I'm going to have to completely make a, make a mockery of the Rooney role. So why don't I just, you know, why don't I just start fresh? I guess the way I approach it is uh, putting myself in the mind of Jim Mercy, which is just a fascinating place. <laughs> He's looking at it as like, I don't, do you do you want to fire your friend? Like, okay, just so everyone knows, Connor and I have a pact. If either of us ever own an NFL team, we're hiring the other person to be head coach forever. Uh, yes, thousand year contract. Uh, Twelve years after my death, they will be like uh, mausoleum style, like just propping <laughs> me up on the sideline. We can Jenny have Prentice's Bernie. GM. Yeah, <laughs> we can have Bernie style. That's how I'm going to coach. Uh, is Jim Ursay looking at this as like this is my pal? I don't want to. I don't want to lose my friend over trying to build a winning football team. Uh, and again, like like we said, 
they would have gone one and three in the stretch with Frank Reich. They went one and three with Jeff Saturday. If they come back out, I'm just looking at the remaining schedule. So they have their bye at Minnesota, home against the Chargers, at the Giants, home against the Texans. If you split that, and then you find like your three or four locker room surrogates who can come out and be like, oh yeah, uh, everything. Everything changed when Jeff Saturday got here. Like I'm, you know, we're pumped for a Jeff Saturday future. I think you can do it. I think you. I mean, should you do it? No, but I think you can do it. <sighs> Probably can do it. <laughs> um, but it's funny that you mentioned the thing about owning an NFL team because uh, we were playing the Powerball the other day, and we were like, "What would we do with all this money?" And I guess with with that before taxes, I would have had the one point five billion, which would have been enough to buy like a pretty decent minority stake in an NFL franchise, you know? Yeah. Enough where I could throw some weight around the decision-making process. Um, but I always felt like you would be on my staff in in one way, shape, or form. Head coach, I'm, I'm totally fine with. Jenny Vrentis was from day one locked in as GM. Um, okay. And I feel like you guys would work well together. Yep. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, up from there, I'm kind of open to suggestions. Maybe like... Um, you know, Dennis Allen is defensive coordinator and, uh, you know, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I, do, I don't know what this looks like. I'm, I'm amazed by the whole thing still to this point. And, you know, if you're Jim Mercer, right, you're, you're already too far down this road. You have to come out, you know, if anyone was going to talk to you after a game like this today and just be like, hey, you know, we didn't overreact and Frank Reich got blown out once. We're not going to overreact when Jeff Saturday gets blown out once. And this cycle will continue until it can't continue. Right. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. 
Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Seahawks, Rams. All right, so let's uh, go to the lightning-ish round with this one. Uh, man, the Seahawks had to sweat this one out. Uh, heavy favorites, obviously, against a Rams team that is without Matthew Stafford, without Aaron Donald, without Cooper Cup. Uh, it's just sort of a, a you know a, a preseason week two type of lineup here. And uh, Sean McVay made it miserable for the Seahawks. Had some Geno Smith sniping with uh, Kenneth Walker on the sideline. Looked like it might get away, but in the end, the, uh, the better team ends up uh, stealing this one late. The, um, at the end of the game, when the Seahawks uh, did their kind of like prevent coverage when they got the interception at the, did you watch that? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. So they they went into. Hold on, let me. Um, I want I want a Gary Grambling reaction. This is right. We're doing with the uh, we're doing with the YouTube kids do here. Okay. Um, so basically, I'm gonna set this clip up for you, Gary, and then I'm going to. Um, I'm going to ask you to watch it. So this is fourth quarter, 20 seconds left. The Seahawks, they just, they drop everybody except for three. Yeah. And they're basically saying, let's see how far you can throw it here, uh, John Wolford. And like Wolford steps up into the pocket and then just like, it looks like he's going <laughs> to uncork one and then kind of just like trips a little bit and just throws it right to the Seahawks. Uh, I saw that when it was Cody Barton got it. I kind of saw the aftermath of it because I was watching out of the corner of my eye while the, while the better games were on. Yeah, so this is I'm, I'm just going to I I send it to you in our uh, Yeah, our... I, I see it. I'm I'm watching it right now. Uh, okay, you can you can describe my haggard face as I watch John Walford uh, launch this ball. Oh, it looked like he <laughs> did. He kind of trip so on the turf. Like, but you know what? It, you know what it reminds me of. It's like how you said earlier in the show about um, how if this was an RPO, like if you were asked to do an RPO throw. And again, this is yeah. no offense to to John Wolford, who can throw football fifty times further than I ever could. But I would imagine, like, I would like to see an NFL defense play prevent on me. But like, you'd only need to put the guys twenty yards away because I can't throw the ball that far, you know. And it's I don't know oh, that kind of man. yeah. That was I'm that was a tough end. Of that is game. he changing his mind because no one's there? Because <laughs> I'm watching. I'm okay. I'm watching where the eligible receivers are going. Uh, okay, it looks like Tutu Atwell is going up the field, so he's probably uh, available in some way. Man. I just I wonder if it's like he hasn't thrown a hail mary in a really long time, and his body just sort of forgot how to do it. Like he wanted to sort of torque his body fully, and uh, oh, this is this is a bummer. I'm getting sadder as I watch this on repeat. I know it's um it's a rough one, but uh, still very. Uh, let me take that from so I'm not yawning when I'm coming. In. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> A little banged up here. Three, two, one. I know. Um, well, let's move on though, because I don't want to take too much away from Geno Smith, because this is another big Geno Smith day, and yeah. he is. They're they're just they're having a season, Gary. I love it. I I love this Seahawks team. I just uh, and to be clear, I didn't at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be in line for the number one pick and yep, replace yep. Geno Smith. So disclaimer, disclaimer. But this is just. It's great, and he's throwing some darts. I mean, some of the balls, like a like a ten yard out to DK Metcalf, where DK Metcalf kind of caught it on his hip as yeah. he was falling out of bounds. This is some 
some real quarterbacking going on he's, right here. He's throwing some darts. He's throwing a lot of them from really, uh, really muddy pockets, as they say. Uh, not very, uh, not throwing pat- platforms conducive to good quarterback play, and uh, he's doing it. He's for real. This is happening. Yeah. Do you think what you gotta you gotta extend him at this point? Yes. Right? The end ab- of the season, no doubt. Uh, yeah. I don't even know what the option would be if. Uh, he demanded to go elsewhere or something, but uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna franchise him, or you're gonna give him like a, a three year deal. Uh, you know what? Twenty three years, eighty four. That's what he deserves. Wow, good for Gino. Packers Bears. All right, the Packers come back. Aaron Rodgers uh, owns the Bears and, and all that stuff, and we can still yell about that. Uh, Pack sitting at 5-8. and eight. Yeah, this was... Uh, look, this Bears team is is kind of running out of the clock here, still getting some cool Justin Fields plays. Uh, Packers still not tackling very well, but, uh, you know, they came back. Christian Watson with uh, with another uh, long touchdown here. Actually, two touchdowns in this one, but he had one of those... Uh, uh, they got him on a on a little jet sweep action here, and it was a uh, it was pretty cool just seeing him run much faster than everyone else on the field. Yeah, it was uh, looking back at my notes on this game, and I think one of the things that uh, I just love, and I guess don't understand because clearly Aaron Rodgers understands football better than you and I. But the beginning of this game, when they were trailing by quite a bit, it just seemed like he was in kind of YOLO mode a little bit and there was that on the fourth and eight where he just takes a deep shot to Randall Cobb and there was that play and then there was another one where he went deep to Cobb and on both of those I'm looking at the TV broadcast so again this is not the most accurate thing and as we all know game passes is hot garbage but um, it looked like there were other guys open and you know like in cutting routes like at both times I think I kind of saw Lazard flashing there and i don't know if that's just him saying you know no i'm going to randall cobb here like this is the guy i trust in this situation yeah the first one where it was fourth and eight cobb did do a really nice job of pretending he was being pulled down by a horse collar but sometimes just like i i don't know if he's just missing the guys or if he's just seeing things a little bit late and is does that maybe just kind of happen when, he's always when, I mean that's kind of how he's always played though but yeah. when he misses guys uh he ends up finding someone for a much bigger play so yeah. you know I don't know that that's why a lot of play callers were frustrated for him over the years and uh but he still obviously made it work at a spectacular level so I I don't know Chargers Raiders uh, nice day. I thought nice day for the Raiders uh, in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Maybe not saying a whole lot against this uh, Chargers team right now. Uh, you had a, a bit of a uh, a bit of a Jerry Tillery uh, revenge moment or two, probably just one. But uh, yeah, and Devontae Adams made a bunch of really good plays and reminded us of why you want Devontae Adams on your team. And the Raiders uh, end up outlasting and spoiling the Chargers just a little bit here. Boy, if you're the officials, you just have to let that one-handed catch stand, don't you? Yeah. Just to just to have it on the books. Yeah. Because that was probably the coolest missed catch that I've that I've ever seen. That was uh, that was phenomenal. But yeah, this is. <laughs> I was gonna say defi- Jamar Chase actually had a better one-handed. That's true. He missed it by a by a lot, but it was a yeah. very uh, impressive, just sort of stick him type of a uh, type of one-hander. Yeah. Um, but yeah, season-defining loss. I feel like for the Chargers, who are. Uh, 
Wait, talk about wasting your Charizard, Gary. And mm-hmm. uh, they are just they're just wasting their Charizard. There's going to be uh, we have Chargers Dolphins coming up next Sunday night in the flex. This is just going to be a week of terrible quarterback takes. <laughs> that oh. that network that uh, uh, Jamie Horowitz uh, really built in a ridiculous way uh, before he got fired for uh, sexual harassment, uh, where their whole thing is just people giving terrible sports opinions. This is their week. I mean, this is like their Super Bowl here. Yeah, this is. Uh... It's a tough one. Um, I should note, too, I mean, I was hypercritical of the Raiders after that loss to the Colts. Josh McDaniels has really rebounded. Um, I think this team is coming back. I mean, I picked them to go 9-8 and eight this year. I don't see that as wildly out of the question at this point. They really are playing really well. And there, obviously there's no... Um, there's no silver medal here if you miss the playoffs with a 30-year-old Devontae Adams, but mm-hmm. to come back the way that you might have, you know, I, I think kind of puts puts you on a, on a good trajectory for next year. Jaguars-Lions. So this was a real 40 points for uh, for the Lions in this one. This the, Their offense looked great. Maybe the Jaguars' defense looked really bad, but uh, this team is... They're pretty good. If they hadn't given away a couple, we'd be talking about maybe a 7-5, 8-4 type of Lions team. I know. This was, uh, boy, your Jaguars took a took a pounding in this one, Gary. Um, they, they did, and Trevor Lawrence really got his ankle uh, completely mangled, and we'll see how that works going forward. A little bit of C.J. Beathard here. Big day for uh, 49ers backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, my one takeaway with the Jaguars is I've, I've kind of been interested, you know, Travis Etienne is not your classic three down back in that. Like I, I do think he's going to be overmatched sometimes in pass pro. And I don't know why they haven't. This was my, this was my kind of gripe with the Evan Ingram signing from the beginning where you have a hyper athletic back and then you have a hyper athletic tight end, neither of whom are necessarily super known for their pass protection. And so on third down, you kind of have to pick one of those guys to keep in, and then you're just not having one of your good wide receivers out to catch a ball. Does that make sense? Like yeah. you're kind of, I feel like you're, you're, you're not maximizing what you could be maximizing out of someone like ETN as a kind of a check down, you know, it's third and eight. You don't see anything. You just pop it down and you see mm-hmm. if he'll do anything about it. You know, Steelers Falcons. All right. And we wrap it up in Atlanta where the, the Steelers get another win here. They're, up to five and seven, they're respectable. They're they're out of the Bryce Young derby at this point, which I always think is neat when like a young quarterback gets to kind of lead his team out of the uh, out of the opportunity to draft his replacement. But uh, yeah, Kenny Pickett. I'm I'm not on the Kenny Pickett bandwagon. Uh, I'm open to joining it at a later date. But uh, he's looking better. Uh, I thought this was another step forward off the Monday night game that was. You know, it, it's still, to me, it's not good enough, but it's it's better. And you could sort of argue there's something there that will be, uh, uh, you know, kind of above replacement level for, uh, for a starting quarterback. I think so. Uh, he was decisive today, which I thought was good. And this mm-hmm. is what you, this is what we were billed on him as, you know, or this is how he was billed coming out of the draft. Let's yep. say it in English. Um, I think it was, uh, it's, <laughs> that it's, was, that was very Yoda speak. Yeah, um, we're actually just reading. Uh, my son for his uh, birthday got the all the Star Wars, the Golden Books. You know yeah. the Golden Books. Yeah, yep, we have those. Um, yep. 
and uh, I never knew because I'd never seen any Star Wars before, and so now I know what happens and all. I know. And I'm very, I'm <clears throat> very excited. Same thing with me. I saw all the uh, originals when I was very, very young, and I don't remember them. So those books were all news to me. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, uh, Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker, brother and sister. How about that? That Darth Vader. Yeah. Take it easy, buddy. It's a whole family affair. Um, yeah, so this, uh, you know, this is what we – everyone promised us that Pickett was going to be. See the guy, throw the ball, move the ball, and then, you know, Alex Smith. This is, this is kind of what we uh, – in the best-case scenario. But um, – Hadn't worked out to this point, but neither did Alex Smith for a couple of years. So I, I think mm-hmm. that there's certainly a window there. My only other of note thing in this game, Gary, was Najee Harris with the most violent stiff arm that I've ever seen in my <laughs> yeah. life. My God, <laughs> did he just he just threw a guy to the turf and took his soul? It was uh, that was terrifying. That's what you're kind of into if you're a Steelers fan right now. And I think getting T.J. Watt back probably – and you and I are, are unfeeling robots and we don't understand the emotion that goes into this. But I think getting Watt back and getting Mika Fitzpatrick healthy and just sort of getting back to what feels like a Steelers team, which is – it's it's violent football. They are – you know, they, they strive to be the most violent team in the NFL and they're kind of getting back to that. Yeah. I, it looks good, Gary. And as – as we've always tried to preach on this podcast, violence is is good. Yes, what, it's the only so. answer sometimes. <laughs> it, did, do you remember that Daniel Tiger song about violence uh, yeah. solving all, all of your problems? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a controversial uh, episode. I never heard so many, <laughs> never heard so much profanity during a Daniel Tiger episode. <laughs> The MMQB NFL Podcast is Connor Orr and me, Gary Gremling. We are produced by Shelby Royson. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody, and our senior podcast producer is Dan Bloom. Mark Ravick is emeritus editor of the MMQB. Super Bowl champion Andy Benoit is the founder of the MMQB NFL Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts, and once you do, please leave a rating and review, because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.